Hello, everyone. Welcome to our Sunday night broadcast. It's always a pleasure to have you here and to know that God is always with us as we meet together. And that's something he guarantees that he said, if two or three shall meet together. Now, you and I are doing it with a, a new technology that the New Testament didn't know, but in spirit, there's no difference of distance. There's no, there's no separation in spirit. That's an amazing revelation when we think about it, that we are all one in Christ. You know, the, uh, the whole uh, the, uh, chemistry and understanding of quantum physics is an amazing uh, discovery and the revelation of science that is beyond my pay grade in a lot of areas. But the things that I hear is that it is everything is tied together, even though something is on the other side of the world. When one molecule is triggered, the other one responds. So it is in the spirit. You and I are one in Christ, bound together by the common bond of the blood and the name and the love of God. And because we have the same Father, we all come from the same DNA. We are one in Christ. So <laughs> all that to be said about the fact that I'm glad you're here. I'm George Watkins. This is Sunday night, and we prophesy and predict and pray for a blessing every time we meet together. Something will be dropped in your spirit as well as mine, because I speak as I hear and I give what I get. <laughs> I'm not canning um, revelation. I'm just passing it on. You know, that's the, uh, that was one of the problems the children of Israel had. They had a command not to keep the uh, manna that fell out in their front yard. They had a command not to keep it overnight unless it was the Sabbath and they could do it over that, that rest day that they celebrated. So it is with you and I. We, uh, we cannot just contain revelation. Revelation is a living organism. It's a living being. It's a living spirit. When God drops a revelation on you, it is intended to grow. Amen. Well, I'm on a, I'm on a hot streak here, but let me tell you, uh, remind you, <laughs> remind you, if you're new, I'm George Watkins, and we are on every Sunday night at six o'clock, and we invite you to be with us. You can join us by subscribing, follow our daily broadcast in the morning. Now, back to this thought on revelation that needs to have an expansion and a growth process. Revelation, understanding of the gospel and understanding who Jesus is and uh, the introduction to salvation, all those things. If you get trapped into a, uh, well, I used to play in the rivers of the Northwest when I was a young fella, teenager. We lived among them and, in, you know, around them. So that was the playground. And one of the things we did when we, uh, in the summertime, we'd take our inner tubes, sometimes body surf, but mostly inner tubes, 
jump at the, uh, the the top of the river where we could get to it and float down as far as we dare over the waterfalls. And it was a great, great memories. But they had along the sides, they had what we call eddies. An eddy is a place where the water had carved out a, a, a hole in the side or a, you know, a gap. And the water starts circling. And in that circle was all kinds of debris, leaves and branches, <laughs> dead things. And if you got caught in one of those eddies, you had to struggle to get out of it if it was, you know, big enough. If you stayed there, you went in a circle with all the dead things. Religion is that way. If you come to Christ and get caught in a basket of people that are caught in an, in an eddy, circling every, you know, every few months you hear the same doctrinal uh, teaching. Now, let me back up a minute. I've pastored most of my career, most of my journey in some form or another. So I know that the young and the young need to be trained and taught. Rightly so. And many of our services, public services, are for that purpose because we've opened the door to the public. So if you open the door of your church to the public, we're commanded to not move faster than the children can walk. That was one of the key purposes, or, or I should say commands, to, uh, to the children of Israel as they were journeying through the wilderness to Canaan land. They could not travel faster than the children could walk. Well, I relate that to pastoring a public congregation. And in that public congregation on Sunday morning, you have to walk with the children. So I understand in our, in, in my, in my uh, years in the church, I would cycle through 101, 102, you know, lay it down again, salvation, baptism, you know, revelation of Christ, who he is, so forth. I'd cycle through that because most churches in America, at least, have a revolving door. People come in, people go out. And you collect some along the way that that God, you know, anchors down. <laughs> I guess he nails them to the ground, you know, and they become elders in the house and, and hold the doors open, you know, the roof up. But that's necessary. Okay, with that in mind, then, if there isn't an ongoing revelation of what you're doing with the people that need to, to, to have it, then there's going to be a challenge. What happens and what should happen with every individual saint is that they should not depend on the pastor and the leaders to lead them into deeper pastures and waters and revelation. Once you catch a hold of the spirit of revelation, you are responsible to go on into that individually, not just as a church. Church, the church is a place where we do a lot of things. We fellowship, we heal each other, we strengthen each other, we walk together, we study together, we pray together. But if you're going to journey on into this development that we call Christianity, you need to have a personal um, journey. You're not, nobody's ahead of you. I love that about the, about the spirit of God. 
There's never anybody in line ahead of you. Uh, if you're in a hurry and you go to the bank or the whatever shops have these lines and get in back of a whole bunch of people, it's frustrating. You want to get going. You want to get on your way. Never have that happen when you open your, you know, your spirit to the Lord. You step in in prayer, you go into the Word of God, you ask God to minister in some form. He's always first in line. Okay, so if you, if you have a revelation, it needs to continue. For instance, you got born again, and that revelation is a seed. It's a seed of the understanding of the kingdom of God and what it means and why you were brought into that that this wonderful experience called Christianity. Now we know, as we understand this, that it is the kingdom of God that is actively working on earth today. I hear it every once in a while. It comes out of some of the old theology that's a little dusty, that someday in the future the kingdom is coming because Jesus is returning. All right, that's 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 got some moss on it. Let's move on to the understanding that when the king came, the kingdom came with him. When Jesus came, the kingdom was established. Now, is there a future? Is there a development to this? Oh, sure, obviously. It's going on past our understanding now, and even past the revelation that you can dig out of the scriptures. There are things about the kingdom of God that are unfolding daily. But if there is no kingdom, then we have no authority. If there is no kingdom, we have no rule. We, haven't, we don't have the ability to take the name of Jesus and with the authority of that name, cast out devils if there's no active kingdom. No. So there is. With that in mind, let's remember that you and I that have been brought in through salvation, the revelation of that is then that we are more than conquerors. We can stand against the enemy and we do not just go to prayer and ask for help. We go to prayer. We're in prayer for relationship, fellowship, encouragement, downloads, face-to-face. We interact with God all the time, but it's not God, you need to come down here and beat that guy up because he's, you know, or whatever the prayer would be. I need rent. Go get me some money. I need healing. Give me some healing. Okay. The kingdom of God or the revelation of salvation brings me to a place where I find out that I have authority over these things that are attacking me. So in the name of Jesus or because of that name, I stand in the authority that he has given me and rebuke it. Scripture says, rebuke the enemy and he will flee from you. So what do we do? Do we ask God to rebuke him? That's Old Testament. No, he gave us the authority. And Paul said, it is nigh thee even in thy mouth, Romans 10, 9 and 10. That's not just for conversion salvation. That's for lifestyle salvation. Now, lifestyle salvation is that word zodso means save, delivered, healed, made whole. It's the, it's the whole 
enchilada, as they say. You and I have been brought into this wonderful thing called Christianity, born again, saved, made whole, so that we can have the revelation to develop into what God has called us to be, and that is sons and daughters, rulers on this earth, as well as whatever happens in the eternities. Oh, don't be caught up in the thought that if I can just get to heaven, I'll be healed. If I can just get to heaven, there'll be peace. If I can just get to heaven, won't it be wonderful there, having no burdens to bear? And the, the song goes on. <laughs> All right. Well, the thought today I had and I'm, I'm working on is uh, the key to spiritual strength. And this is exactly the key, spiritual strength, is understanding and having a revelation of what the Word of God is. For the Word of God is a lamp and a light. It's a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my pathway. So as the Word of God opens up, I see further down the road. I love old cars. I've driven old cars because I'm an old guy, I guess, a long time. Now, in the early days, we had the headlights on these old cars. They were, they were lucky to see down the road very far. I mean, on a rainy, dark night, you, were, you could be lost in some of those old things. My first car was a 1932 Ford two-door, you know, a little coupe. Well, not much light there. Well, now there's some of these super pickups that when they come up on you with their light, you think um, an alien spaceship has just landed because the light is so bright. And on some of the modern automobiles, you can see down the road so far that frightens the deer and drives off the birds. The light increases. So... He is a light unto my pathway. Revelation increases your ability to see down the road. That's really the essence of prophecy. Prophecy is being, you know, the, the spirit of prophecy, rather. The, the, the ability to, the seer and the hearer, though someone who says they are, they, you know, they see things or they hear things. That prophetic edge means that I can perceive something. Now, the preacher the pastor, the one who uh, breaks the book and, you know, from the pulpit, they are seen through the word of God. And it is, it's a valid prophetic insight. You can see what God's saying and hear what he's saying, see what he's meaning through what he says. And that way you can understand the future. For instance, he that cometh to God, what? He will not be turned away. Now, that's a prediction from the word of God. Call upon me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things. That's an Old Testament prediction, prophecy of if you call on God, you understand by the word of God that he will do something for you. Scripture says, give and it shall be given. Now, that's a prophetic word out of the scriptures that turns into headlights or insight. If I give, God said he would give back to me. You understand now, 
how we what what the word of god does for us it strengthens our faith it increases our sight it illuminates our understanding when we go into the word of god now in the old testament with the manna when it came in the front yard they went out and picked it up in the morning and they ate it through the day if they tried to keep it over it would spoil Matter of fact, it turned into worms. That's pretty scary. The word of God needs to have fresh application. There's several ways you can do it. We don't want to become religious where we just do it out of rote and fear. If we don't do it, something bad will happen. You know, if I don't read the Bible today, God will be mad. No, not, not that phony baloney. Food to the body is so uh, uh, <laughs> when you're lacking food to the body the body tells you that if you're somewhat healthy you say oh i'm hungry oh i need food oh i'm weak why well i forgot to eat so you sit down and enjoy a meal the spiritual man has the same voice however we can block that voice out by a lot of things ignorance uh busyness you know ignoring what we think we need or wanted or you know what the, what our spirit's saying doing so we develop them we we have to develop a sensitivity toward the voice of the spirit how do you know the spirit's nudging you well if you'll exercise that voice that sense that feeling that nudge You'll know it's time to eat again. So in the Old Testament, they set up, they set up prayer times, prayer schedules, five times a day. I think Daniel prayed. I think the uh, the Islam groups, you know, people do that out of that pattern. The Jews may still do it in their Orthodox Jews. So there needs to be some sort of regular coming to the Word of God and to prayer in your life not out of you know duty only but certainly out of the need to eat and to fellowship for strength amen one of the things that i first recognize when i fast i've had a long history of fasting over the years it's part of the tool bag god gave me through the scriptures First thing I recognize is I'm reminded how weak I get when I don't eat. And that connects with my need to have the word of God in my spirit, man. Hallelujah. So the key to spiritual strength is fellowship with the Lord through the word of God, prayer, and meditation upon his goodness. Not just reading the Bible and then scatting out. But the Bible opens up that doorway. The Bible opens up understanding. And in that doorway of understanding and revelation, you can go in and fellowship and meet the God who wrote the book. <laughs> meet the God who wrote the book, and you'll have revelation of what the book is talking to you about. Well, this is a good day to be alive in Christ. I bless you. This Sunday night is always a special time. And I encourage you to press in, press on, be diligent, 
be faithful to what you have hunger for. Hallelujah. I love you all. Thank you for your strength back to me through comments, subscriptions, good reports, sharing, uh, you know, telling somebody about the program, praying for me especially. Thank you for that. And some of you have been nudged of the Lord to send us a gift financially. And you can do that through PayPal or the snail mail address. Hallelujah. Well, we're kicking off into next week. And hopefully, by the grace of God, I found the, you know, the, the bear in the closet with this, uh, this uh, computer virus that I was having. I trust that this is a good program today. We'll see when we tune it up. And I've been working on it for several weeks now. Found the little burr in it. Someone's help. So let's press on. It'll be a good day. The YouTube thing is still being settled. I've asked for uh, if I could come back on and we'll see what they say about it. If not, we'll change channels on YouTube and begin to put some product on there again. We'll let you know. Until then, I bless you. I thank God every day for all of you. And I pray for you as I as your face comes before me. Until tomorrow morning, early in the morning, we'll see you then. God bless.